Hello, and welcome back to the Running for Wellness podcast. I am Eric, and I will be your host for this fifth podcast. I want to cover one of my favorite subjects, and that is nutrition, which also includes hydration. You'll notice that I will geek out periodically and really dive into the subject matter from time to time. Please stay with me. I promise we'll cover some great stuff, making it worth the journey. Imagine for a moment that your community maintains three power plants for providing energy. Each plant processes a different type of fuel, which is then converted into energy to power the community. The first plant is the most prominent and burns fuel extremely fast to provide energy for immediate use. The second plant burns fuel efficiently and consistently, and the energy is longer lasting. The third fuel plant processes slowly, and if the energy produced is overly abundant, it is stored for future use. This illustration is similar to the way your body processes fuel. However, there are some key differences. The human body is an efficient, consistent, and reliable power plant that never takes a rest. It too burns three kinds of fuel in the form of carbohydrates, proteins, and fat. The fuel is food that we consume either as a solid or a liquid. Each of these fuels is treated differently by our bodies and converted to energy to meet specific needs. The first fuel, carbohydrates, are the primary source of energy that powers your body. Carbohydrates are organized into two categories, simple and complex. Foods such as sugar, bread, cereal, and some vegetables high in starch like potatoes are simple carbohydrates. They burn extremely fast, giving the body a burst of energy. For example, an athlete who has completed a rigorous workout and needs energy quickly would eat something rich in simple carbohydrates. This fuel is composed of sugars that are high in calories and they process quickly. They are also the main component of many diets in industrial countries because they are relatively easy to grow, store, and distribute. A drawback of simple sugar-based foods is their low nutritional value and high caloric content, in contrast to other foods. A drawback of simple sugar-based foods is their low nutritional value and high caloric content, in contrast to other foods. Simple carbohydrates are similar to the fuel processed in the first power plant. Complex carbohydrates are found in vegetables or plant-based foods that are not rich in sugar that contain high amounts of fiber. They are nutrient-dense and provide the vitamins and minerals needed to maintain a healthy body. For example, the nutrients contained in spinach, carrots, and quinoa are very complex. The body will need additional time to break down the nutrients before the fuel can be used. When complex carbohydrates are digested, they deliver a consistent energy source that lasts for hours instead of being quickly depleted. This unique quality makes them a runner's secret weapon. Complex carbohydrates are similar to the fuel processed in the second power plant. The second food group is protein, which consists of meat, dairy, and some plant-based varieties such as beans or legumes. A unique property of protein is the physical body's ability to rebuild bone and muscle using nutrients contained within them. Sufficient protein in a diet will allow a runner to regenerate and heal muscle tissue. Regeneration takes place during periods of rest and recovery. After a strenuous workout or race, 
Recovery may take several days. Exercise should be light during this period. Proteins are dense with nutrients containing vitamins and minerals, and they are processed in the second power plant along with complex carbohydrates. The third group is the fats that can be found in nearly every food group and diet. The word fat has a negative connotation, but there are both good fats and bad fats, both with important roles to play. There are four different categories of fats that we are going to explore. The first is the trans fats found in packaged convenience foods, margarine, and fried foods such as french fries. They contribute to the dangerous cholesterol levels, diabetes, heart disease, and other chronic diseases. In summary, these fats are a detriment to a runner's health and should be avoided. Saturated fats occur naturally in animal-based foods. They are found in beef, pork, butter, cheese, and whole milk. These fats can raise cholesterol levels, but they are also rich in vital nutrients such as calcium and protein. Saturated fats should be consumed sparingly or substituted with low-fat dairy, fish, and poultry. There are good fats that are essential for sustained health, and they are found in vegetables, nuts, seeds, and fish, and referred to as mono and polyunsaturated fats. These fats reduce the risk of heart disease and cholesterol, while assisting in digestion and regeneration of healthy tissues. The recent explosion of low-fat diets have encouraged reducing fat wherever possible, but they fail to address the importance of good fats. Understanding the composition of food takes time, but it is beneficial to the individual who wants to follow a nutritional strategy. When planning meals, become familiar with the caloric composition of the three energy sources. Carbohydrates and proteins consist of 4 calories per gram, while fat contains 9 calories per gram. Knowing the calorie composition will help a runner balance nutritional needs. Don't worry about carrying a calculator whenever eating. Focus on the number of servings of each nutrient group, and the percentages will take care of themselves. Getting experts to agree on the optimal proportions of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats is a no-win venture. Many runners follow a 60% carbohydrate, 15% protein, and a 25% fat diet as authored by Bill Rogers, an accomplished marathon runner. You may choose a different ratio, and that's okay. Knowing the composition of food creates an educated runner. Perhaps the cruelest truth about nutrition is this. It's impossible to outrun a poor diet. Many runners will log tons of miles and never drop a pound while eating lots of empty calories. If you are looking at running as an opportunity to lose unwanted pounds, it will work wonders with a modified diet. Simply put, plan on embracing a change in what you eat. A conversation about nutrition would be incomplete without discussing hydration. The consumption of water is essential to staying healthy and performing your best while running. Water not only makes up 50 to 60% of the human body, but it is also the primary coolant used to regulate temperature in a variety of conditions. Water performs essential tasks such as delivering and absorbing nutrition, cushioning joints, and absorbing shock. The human body uses water for the removal of waste and toxins, either through the digestive system or in the form of vapor by the respiratory system. Water is so essential to maintaining health 
that a significant decrease in water composition will cause thirst, fatigue, dizziness, mental deterioration, and eventually death. Every body treats water differently, but a general guideline is to drink each meal. Drink when thirsty and stop when you are no longer thirsty. Recommendations can range from 64 ounces to 8 glasses of water a day, although there are varying opinions among experts. Staying hydrated while exercising is crucial, and a rookie mistake is not drinking early enough and waiting until you feel thirsty. Drink before working out and intake water often. On a cold day, remember to drink regularly and pay attention to your thirst on hot days. Drink plenty of water the day before a race and the hours leading up to the event to avoid dryness and a decline in performance. Experiencing thirst early in a workout is a warning sign of not being adequately hydrated. If this occurs, start sipping water immediately and in time your body will stabilize. Runners who take the time to experiment with their hydration needs in a variety of conditions can avoid interruptions in their performance. In recent years, stories of athletes consuming too much water have been published. The phenomenon is called hyponatremia, and it occurs when water is ingested and sodium levels become diluted and drop dangerously low. Runners who may be at risk include marathoners, ultramarathoners, and triathletes who are active for hours at a time in extreme heat. Risk also exists for hypernatremia, which is the consumption of too much sodium and not enough water. The phenomenon is common among runners because sports drinks and supplements like goo are readily available at aid stations. Because they are plentiful, you may feel the need to overindulge, which can lead to an upset stomach or another discomfort. Hydration can be related to a pendulum that swings back and forth from one extreme to another. On one end is the runner who forces down water even when properly hydrated, because hey, the more water the better, right? And on the other end is the runner that chooses sports drinks and goo and doesn't drink enough water, because hey, the more fuel the better, right? You'll want to be somewhere in the middle. To discover your middle, take the time to research and find the hydration strategy that works for you. Many items like goo, Gatorade, and protein bars have directions for how much to consume and under what conditions to use them. To reduce the risk of hydration disaster, become familiar with how your body will react during training runs and not on race day. In 1965, the sports drink was created and sold under the name of Gatorade. It was designed explicitly for the University of Florida football players who lost nutrients during long hours of practice. Today, Gatorade and similar sports drinks are consumed by athletes and runners all over the world. Sports drinks contain a combination of sodium, sugar, potassium, and other essential electrolytes. Because of the calorie content of some drinks, it's recommended that they only be consumed during or after runs lasting more than an hour. Don't make the mistake of considering energy drinks as sports drinks. Energy drinks are composed of caffeine and other substances designed to elevate the heart rate and your blood pressure. Stick with drinking water and use sports drinks sparingly. Many road races longer than a 10K, which is 6.2 miles, will provide Gatorade or a similar beverage along with water at aid stations staggered throughout the course. 
Dependent on the event, aid stations are placed every two to three miles. Some larger races will even have them every mile. Because of the high sugar content of many sports drinks, they are often diluted with water to about half of their original consistency. When you are running solo, remaining hydrated will require some extra planning, but the solution may be as simple as carrying a water bottle. Runners can become very creative with their hydration. Anything from planning a run around a park with a drinking fountain, to stashing water bottles in strategic places along your course, even that will work. Consider running a mile loop close to home where access to water and snacks are accessible. Some commercial solutions popular with runners include fuel belts and hydration packs. A belt comes with several small plastic containers that hold a few ounces of water that can be arranged to distribute weight evenly. Hydration packs are similar to a backpack and they come in a variety of sizes. They are equipped with a flexible straw so runners can place it near their mouths. Water can then be accessed without stopping or breaking a stride. In summary, planning for your nutrition and hydration needs is essential to staying healthy and performing well. Managing the intake of food is arguably one of the most challenging aspects of being a successful runner besides getting out there and logging those miles. It takes time, planning, and determination to ensure your body has the appropriate fuel to operate at its best. The discipline and effort required to eat well will provide you with consistent energy. That energy will assist you in reaching your fitness goals along with a feeling of well-being and accomplishment. For the next podcast, we'll explore the ways to build strength and increase our endurance. I will discuss some simple exercises that will strengthen your core and your other muscle groups so you will become a running powerhouse. Also, please take the time to answer the following question in the workbook, located in the fifth chapter. Take some time to reflect and write a brief and concise answer. The question is this, what nutrition advice could you implement in your diet? That's all for this fifth podcast. Be sure to come back for podcast number six, titled Building Strength and Endurance.